Okay, David, you're ready now. All right, at this time, we'll have Mr. David Hope come up for his message, and it's entitled Artificial Intelligence. Can you hear me now? Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. Beautiful Sabbath day after all the rain that we had. Well, we didn't have a whole lot, but uh, we, we needed it. I got up this morning about 1.45 to go to the powder room, and uh, it was raining, so I went out and sat on my front porch. I loved the uh, rain in Oklahoma. I love to listen. My daughter Becky moved to California, and she missed it very much. So the first two or three years she was out there, I'd call her during the thunderstorm so she could hear the thunder. Anyway, but I like it. It's good to see all of your smiling faces here today, and and I'm sure we have a few mothers out here. Can you hold your hands up, all of mothers that are actually mothers? Happy Mother's Day to all of you, and I'm sure, and Matthew's going to get into a lot more of it as we go. And uh, artificial intelligence, and I keep having the tendency in my own mind when I see. The AI, the, the abbreviation of it, I want to say intelligent design. I don't know why that should be. I've talked about intelligent design so much that this automatically comes to my crowded up mind. It's so crowded. But anyway, uh, we were, a lot of, some of the people were talking back here today about that, and so whatever I leave out, uh, you guys can carry on yourself, and I know you'll add to it. But it's a very, very deep subject. What does artificial intelligence mean to you? I wish I had some, <laughs> just any kind. There are many brief articles in, on intelligent design. I mean intelligence, see, I'll go again. Artificial intelligence. Many will marvel at the fabulous accomplishments, and there are a lot of accomplishments in, with uh, artificial intelligence, with AI. As with most inventions and innovations, they're good and they're bad. Anytime man creates anything, there's always a good and a bad system to it. Today I'm going to talk a few, po a few positive and a few negative aspects of artificial uh, design. Artificial design. Artificial intelligence. I need some, I need some put up here right here. Um, Most of us, like I said, most of us have our own opinions of it. And there, 50 years ago, the, we didn't have too much of that. 50 years ago, uh, this in February, I, I mentioned here a while back, I started my cleaning business, and there was very little technology back in those days. The uh, uh, we didn't have pocket calculators. I think they had adding machines and things of that nature, but uh, you didn't have the pocket calculators. And the reason I mention that, most of my jobs, I would go out and give an on-site estimate before I'd ever do the job. I didn't just give a blanket statement on the phone because I had to eat too many jobs. <laughs> but anyway, but I would measure the length times the width, and that's you know that's that's uh, math. And then you use a multiplier to that, and that's math. Well, it takes a lot of time. And to save time, since I didn't have a pocket calculator that they didn't have on the market yet, that I'd 
take a cheat sheet with me with the X times this and that, and then I'd automatically have the square footage of it, and then the square times the multiplier, so it saves a lot of time. Well, nowadays they've got, uh, I've got a laser uh, thermo thermometer, <laughs> I've got one of them too, that a laser measuring, I can stand here and shoot laser back there, and it'll give me the feet, and I can shoot it over here and give me the feet, and it'll do automatically, it'll calculate square feet, and it'll, it'll um, keep it in memory, and then it'll give me whatever price I need out of it. So anyway, so artificial intelligence, even though that was a very small version of it, uh, has grown over the years. GPS, we didn't have GPSs back in those days. And to get around in Tulsa, and I worked in the whole metropolitan area, and basically to, to get around, you know, unless you had a map with every little thing on there, which was pretty cumbersome, but it was always helpful to have, to know what the uh, main arteries were, what hundred blocks they are, and uh, had realized that, you know, to simplify it, you get between two major streets like Sheridan, I automatically knew it was 6,500 block east, and Yale Avenue was 4,900, and it still is 100 block east. So if you had something that came in between that, well, you go there. Well, you also have to know the, what the other streets go in the other direction. Sheridan and Yale, most of those are going north and south. And uh, anyway, um, today, you have the GPS products that, that will get you right there. Traveling across country, we had to use the paper maps. I still prefer a paper map. I'm gonna, when I go to the face site this year, I'm gonna, get a, I'm gonna get on phone and call AAA and tell them I want some maps of Arkansas, Missouri, and, and if I get lost, New Mexico. But anyway, uh, I still like those, but, but the, uh, uh, intelligent, artificial intelligence uh, goes a long ways. In contrast to the benefits of intellig uh, artificial intelligence, there are concerns. A lot of people have concerns. I'm going to refer today to an article in uh, a magazine. Some of you are familiar with it. It's uh, uh, the magazine is tomorrow's world. It's a lot like the old Plain Truth magazine, but this is a, a magazine put out by one of the churches of God. They keep the Sabbath, the holy days, and anyway, it's put out by the living church of God, and this was the latest issue, and I'm going to quote a little bit out of that. The print's a little small, so I've got to kind of strain a little bit to be able to see, and there's another book, and I'm going to advertised too, which I'm not speaking from it, but one of our, uh, I guess you could call it sister churches. It's uh, put out by the United Church, and we have some people here today that's very familiar with the United Church, and that's Beyond Today. Both of these magazines are put out by Sabbath-keeping churches, and they're very good articles, very good books, so I recommend that any of them, and especially on this particular one, that uh, was kind of gave me the inspiration to talk about it. And uh, so I'm going to read excerpts from it. Let me see where I go now. 
Anyway, like I said, the article, the, the books are free, just like the old Plain Truth and magazines and like the, mess, the uh, uh, information that we have, booklets and stuff are free. But uh, a lot of people like to give a little offering to them too since you know it helps other people to, to get uh, the magazine free of charge. I had a relative here probably about a year ago. We were visiting with him and, and uh, he had person that married into the family and, and knew what our history was that we'd been around the church for a long time and and some people thought that the money was wasted that we were putting in there they, these people you know they're not converted and, and they don't understand what we know and asked me said David do you, do you regret putting all that money into this big church out here you know for all that you know and then the way it ended up, and you know, don't, don't you have hard feelings? And, and I said, no. I said, most of us people, most of we uh, that pay tithes and offerings to these churches, we felt that our money was going to, so other people could get these books free and the magazines free, they could get the radio broadcast for free. And, uh, and at the time we started the church here locally, and I mentioned this here a while back, there were only 150 of us we ended up with 600 altogether and had to go to two services. But uh, uh, even, and I think I mentioned Lucille, you know, came around long before I did. Lawrence Gregory or, used to be pastor long before I did. Some of their money was, I think, responsible for me and a few others at that time coming into the church. So we're grateful. We don't, we don't, and then some of our money, you know, and Steve came along and some of the others, uh, you know, basically because of, of the knowledge of the church was around. So we're, no, we don't we don't regret that at all, and we hope that all of these churches will benefit whether they come to our church or not. We hope that they benefit that people that that quit cheating on their mate, they quit stealing, they quit robbing their boss, they uh, you know they start living a good life. So we're we're looking forward to that, and we hope all of these other churches do well. And I'm going to be a little bit brief on what I'm uh, going to be into. I want to show you some pictures. Uh, let me see. Let me read a little bit first. I've got my notes down here to read a little bit. I'm going to read in the magazine Tomorrow's World on page 17. And I'm going to read... Oh, a couple of paragraphs in here. Like I said, this print's a little small, my eyes water after my surgery. Uh, but anyway, it, it, it's interesting, and there's a whole lot more in here I'm not going to get into. You have had to send off of the magazine yourself. Uh, articles by Wallace G. Smith. Artificial intelligence, or AI, is having, one, is having what one might call a civilizational moment. Machine learning and the growing capacity of computer algorithms, whatever that is, to perform complex actions in imitation of human intelligence is not new. And it has an impact on our lives, mostly in invisible ways. And like I said, you know, the GPS, a lot of the stuff doing behind the scene, that's, that's all invisible to us except for the result. For quite some time now, as discussed in our May-June 2015 article, 
artificial intelligence, promise, or peril. So eight years ago, they had an article on the same thing. I don't have that. I didn't have their magazine back then. AP powers the map app on your smartphone as you navigate through traffic. And it decides what search results to offer you when you shop on Amazon. I don't like that part. I don't know. I like the old phone book, the old yellow pages where I can look in there and I can see the, the big full page ads all the way down to the little bitty context thing. Well, the, the internet doesn't do that so much. You know, you've got to pay big dollars. Well, of course you have to pay big dollars for the advertising. Other, but anyway, but they, they guide you where they want you to go. They don't, they don't give you so much of a choice. You have to really labor and work at it. But, new, but news feeds have been flooded in recent months with dramatic stories of generative AI, artificial intelligence systems able to produce text, imagery, video, or audio that seems astonishing, like lifelike and real. They do a very good job of making things look real. That, that is, AI is learning to imitate reality on the increasingly more accurate scale. So they're getting to where they can, they can imitate human beings to a greater degree and are getting better and better at it and leaps and bounds. This is a difficult, or no, I'm sorry, this is a dramatic shift. The results can be a boon to creative workers in all fields, writing, image production, video editing, etc. But it also promises more sinister possibilities as those who would use it to deceive now have new and powerful tools for imitating reality. So that's basically what the purpose of this is, is, is the warning for what, what can be done. How close are we to creating a world in which we can no longer trust any image, any image we see or video we watch? And my wife has been a little bit ahead of me for several years now. She has made, uh, referred to the scripture, when Jesus comes, will he find faith? And I'll, I'll have that as a brief deal. But a friend years ago said, you know, it's going to be to the point, will Jesus find faith when he comes to the world? And it makes you wonder when you really get into it. Will we always be able to tell the difference between false and manufactured sights and sounds and real ones, or are we facing a potential information apocalypse? As one researcher has dubbed it, oh, anyway, AI capacity to s simulate reality seems to be accelerating in a manner suggesting to some that we are on the verge of one of the largest technological revolutions in history. What is, no, what is the state of art today? This may be eclipsed in a few months, dramatically for, okay, shall be dramatically. As AI systems and approaches are learning to imitate real life on several fronts. Oh. Um. I'm going to uh, show a few pictures here that they have in this book. You probably can't see the, where you are right now, but here's a picture 
in the magazine, and you can get one later, but I'll tell you what it is, and I'll explain it to you. I've got a couple more. They're not near that good. But anyway, uh, the church, apparently the church, the uh, living church, had a conversation. But anyway, it says, a completely AI-generated image from Mid-Journey. That's one of the companies. There are several pretty, pretty well-known companies. Some of you may know them that are working with the uh, uh, AI. We typed in the words. Here's what they did. This is how they got the picture. We typed in the words, a cat wearing goggles. The cat has goggles. Cosmos background, you see the universe in the background. Muted colors, which, you know, not very bright. Earth below, and the AI created this scene from that brief prompt. So just telling the thing what they wanted, it came up with this in just, just a very, very short time. There's another one you can't see yet, and you just have to take my word for it. But there's a picture of a lady. You can't, um, if you can see it good for you, you've got better eyes than I do. But anyway, uh, under the captions on this, they say, this person does not exist. The face was generated by mid-journey AI. So that's not a real person. It's just what they, the computer came up with. Got another picture here. And this one's even harder to see than that, but just take my word for it and I'll explain to you. It's uh, some buildings in a city with smoke coming out of several of them. One of them with a big plume of smoke. And then the captions underneath it says, this missile strike did not happen. The image was generated by Mid-Journey AI, same company. So that was generated. And how many times can have you seen commercials there lately to see things that just you think, well, boy, that's that's awesome. But uh, anyway, those those things happen. Uh, I used to enjoy doing stuff like that, but not not with the technical things of this nature. Back years ago, I mentioned in some messages uh, some time back that I used to like to do photography. I, a friend, uh, my wife, knew that I was interested in that. In our first, second year of marriage, I guess, our first Christmas, she bought me a little contact printer for black and white pictures, and and uh, I did a little darkroom work, and I had a, a little brownie Hawkeye, it was Fran's high school camera, a little brownie Hawkeye. You know, we had to advance the film and all that, and, Single shutter speed, 125th of a second, and, and a single, no, no lens opening or anything. It just, just, just one thing. But anyway, with that camera and, and with little darkroom technology, I was able to, uh, my first experiment was to make my wife look like she had a twin. She sat on each side of the small table with her daughter Debbie sitting on the table there with her on each one of them. She showed it to her family doctor, and he said, well, who's that other baby, you know? Because he delivered her. But anyway, that, that, was, that was fun. And uh, um, let's say I had another one. Uh, uh, I gave a picture, a colored picture to my dad years ago, of a picture that did not exist. It was a, a beautiful picture of, of, of a lake, 
beautiful lake with the trees around the top around it and just kind of like a frame for it and then some kind of thunder clouds in the back with the sun shining through just real bright kind of a yellowish color reflecting off of the lake and uh, but that didn't exist that was two different lakes one of them was Keystone Lake that that uh, had a very it was in the middle of the afternoon it was very dull you know just just it had a beautiful shoreline but the other one uh, was it had the thunderstorm in and that was Lake Hawkins in Texas down close to Big Sandy Texas we went so anyway but a few years later uh, probably about 20 years ago uh, my son-in-law gave me a program on my computer that you could take people out of the picture you put somebody in and, and I had a uh, a person that I took their head and put it down here where they were holding it in front of them where the baby was and you could see the background you could see everybody else but anyway uh, I, it was a novelty but people can do multiple things better than that now with a computer just almost instantly I don't do any photography or darkroom anymore because it's just so complicated, not complicated, but time-consuming compared, nobody's in awe of that anymore, you know. You, you can get on your computer and, and look at these little telephone things that, that, that little kids have, they can change the expression on their faces, they can put a beard and mustache on a baby, you know. Uh, that's just minor, but look how much they have advanced. Uh, it, it's amazing. And of course, they're not very believable, but, uh, uh, Anyway, like I said, my wife often quotes, and, and I'll go ahead and read uh, uh, Luke 18 chapter. I think I gave that to Rick. Luke 18, verse 8. And just very briefly, When the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on earth? Now I'm going to go to Matthew 24, a very familiar scripture to all of us. And it can have a little different meaning to me than it used to. Matthew 24, verse 21. For then shall, great, shall be great tribulation such as it was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should, be, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. And here's one of the kickers, verse 24. For there shall be false Christ and false prophets, and there always have been, and shall show great signs and wonders. And just imagine what signs and wonders they can do. My wife used to say uh, those same things, and we watched a commercial a few years ago about John Wayne, the actor John Wayne, and he was advertising a product that he was dead. And it looked very, very real. I'm thinking it was a beer commercial or something. I'm not sure now. It's been a few years back. And that was just minor compared to what they do now. Anyway, so great signs and wonders. Insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And hopefully it's not possible for us. We'll, verse 25, Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, Go not forth. And, you know, the, the AI may even show some, you know, Jesus out here in the wilderness somewhere. He is in a secret chamber, believe it not. 
four, and here's our, uh, you know, our protection. For as the lightning comes out of the east and shines even into the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will be the eagles gathered together. So, so where's the carcass going to be when Jesus comes back? Well, you know, we're going to be where Jesus is, and we know the other scriptures, and if you're versed in the scriptures, and you know that when Jesus comes back in a moment, a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. So if we haven't been changed yet, Jesus hadn't come back yet. So there's a lot of things that, that, that if we are diligent in our study and our closeness to God. Deuteronomy, back in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 13.1. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and give you a sign or wonder, so even back, you know, three, four thousand years ago, they had situations and they didn't have AI. And the sign or wonder come to pass, whereof he spoke unto you, saying, and that goes for today, too, if these things come to pass. Let us go after other gods which you have not known, and let us serve them. Basically, they're saying, you know, we don't have to do the Ten Commandments anymore. That was nailed to the cross, and this would be somebody that, that has a lot of clout and credibility. You shall not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proves you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your, all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments. No more what these allegories and all these, these fake signs say and these voices say. Obey his voice and you shall serve him and cleave unto him. Luke 18 verse 8. Oh, it's same. I read that a while ago. We're good again. I read it in here. I didn't get it out. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on earth? Revelation. Revelation 13, 11 through 15. And behold, another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had the two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon, and he exercised all the power of the first beast before him, and causes the earth and them that dwell in them to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he that, and he does great wonders, so that he makes fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. In verse 14, and deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles. So I'm not saying the AI is the only thing that's going to do that, but it, it can definitely fig, uh, figure in some of our disillusionment. Anyway, to see them that dwell on earth by the means of the miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, and saying to them that dwell on earth that they should make an image of the beast which had the wound by the sword and did live. Verse 15, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. And I don't know how that's going to happen either, but anyway, that image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image to be put to death. 
Another scripture that's very familiar with all of us, or most of us anyway, in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us. You know, they, they can duplicate your voice to print out letters. They can do all kinds of things. As for that day of Christ is at hand, that no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sits in the temple of God himself, that he is God. And some of we were sitting back there in the dining area before services, and Barney and some others were talking about some of these very things. They didn't know what the scriptures I was using, but they gave a lot of the possibilities and scenarios that could happen. So all of you will have your ideas of what, how this deception, all this stuff can go. Verse 4, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Verse 5, remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now you know what was holds that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of the iniquity both already works, only he who now lets will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the rightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and, and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. And here's a very, very important point, and probably thing I would like for us to take away. Because they receive not the love of the truth. And I think most of us receive the love of the truth. We want the truth. We study the truth. We pray about the truth. That they might be saved for this cause, because they didn't want, they didn't have the love of the truth. They didn't love God that much. They got tired, maybe. But for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Possibly, if I if I let down too much and get go back into the world, you know, I may end up being deceived. There are many scriptures that I said that. Uh, uh, that, that, that you could use, I could use, but it would take a lot of time. I'm right on the verge of it. I'm going to, uh, I'm not going to read the article, but I'm going to just kind of refer to it. There was a portion in here where uh, uh, the people, Amazon is the one, the way I understand it, the way the magazine had it, that Amazon is the one that uh, uh, is in charge of, uh, of uh, Alexa, and they, I'll just read a little bit of it, I may go over a little bit. At its June 2022 AI Technology Conference, Amazon showed a video depicting a child asking Alexa, asking his Alexa device, Alexa, can Grandma finish reading me The Wizard of Oz? The device answered, Okay, then proceeds to read the book and the, 
voice of the grandmothers, or voice of the grand, I'm sorry, <laughs> read a book in the voice of the child's dead grandmother. So his grandmother's already dead, but, but she went ahead and because of the text and, and familiar with that, here's one other short one. Uh, false accusations long have, have long been a part of the world policies, politics. Now envision the ability to create false, utterly, uh, false, whoop, where'd it go? Lights there. Ability to create false but utterly believable evidence to support those accusations. For instance, imagine someone using the voice cloning technology to create or recreate the voice of a politician accidentally caught on a microphone insulting his supporters or admitting a crime. In elections where swings, okay, in elections where swings of only a few percentage points are enough to determine an outcome, such videos need not convince everyone, just need enough to convince to make the difference. So even in politics, there's going to be things like that. I, I don't know, did I mention a while ago, uh, we've got a Alexis, my one of my daughters sent us one. And uh, last night we had her sitting on the kitchen table and we were sitting there and we finished eating and, and I just said, look over and I said, Alexa, don't you ever get tired? And that female said, no. Unfortunately, AI, you never get tired. So this morning I walked through and, and I put my coffee cup up and walked by and I said, Alexa, What's the Sabbath of God? What's God's Sabbath? You know, I didn't get specific and say, you know, the, the Bible, because it would just, you know, that'd be cheating a little bit. It'd be kind of like asking uh, Nebuchadnezzar or Daniel, you know, to reveal the dream. But I just said, Alexa, what is the God's Sabbath? And she quoted the, the Hebrew Bible. The, uh, the Bible says in the Hebrew language that, that the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week. Uh, the now Saturday. So it, even the lecture told me about that. But anyway, I, th I thought it'd be interesting to uh, get into something like that. It, uh, it's becoming more and more prevalent now with, with the uh, AI being around. And, and uh, anyway, but pray that we will always be able to accept and, and get away from, uh, or, or at least understand the truth.